On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk and the Tesla team try to help make a difference in California during the pandemic. Gigafactory 1 ramps down a bit while Gigafactory 3 ramps up. Model Y towing details have arrived and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey joining you here with Daisy the Boxer Puppy to my left, who at this point in time barely ever leaves my side since I don't leave the house except to walk her. So she is she is truly the canine companion at this point. But uh, welcome to episode 243 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for March 29th, 2020. And, you know, what can you say? It's the where you enter for me, it's week two of uh, stay at home. And I can tell, it's funny, I can even tell from just Ride the Lightning that people's routines, my audience's routines, your routines are thrown off. I've, I've gotten, I probably got fewer Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls this week than I have since that segment became a regular thing. And my download numbers are down, but I get it. These aren't complaints. These are observations. I get it. Believe me. Those of you who are parents now have to work from home to the best of your ability and care for your children and homeschool them, plus the million other things that you have to do to keep your household running. It is a, it is an upside-down time. It is uh, strange for all of us and, and difficult for all of us, but staying home is uh, hopefully going to help this thing pass a little sooner and keep more people healthy and safe. So I hope all of you out there are staying safe and staying healthy, staying home. And with that, let's get to the Tesla news, which does begin uh, on the coronavirus front, only because the factory has shut down this week. So what is Tesla occupying themselves with? Ramping up production on not cars, but ventilators. Elon and the Tesla and SpaceX teams got a shout out from California's governor, Gavin Newsom, in one of his uh, briefings, daily briefings earlier this week regarding the state's battle against COVID-19. Here are two quick clips uh, mentioning Elon from Gavin Newsom. I've had just in the last 48 hours to speak to more scientists, more researchers, more engineers, uh, more Nobel laureates, uh, more CEOs of companies large and small than I have quite literally in years. I had the opportunity to uh, have conversation with Tim Cook, who stepped up and he said, in addition to the two million masks that the vice president said he would donate to the American people uh, this year and this week, he's going to additionally provide one million just for the state of California. Elon Musk uh, working overtime at Tesla to see if he can work with companies large and small, Philips and others, to see if he can start working up components on ventilators. He announced to me today that he's going to provide 250,000 masks today for healthcare uh, professionals just in the state of California. Uh, also committing uh, to over 1,000 ventilators just in a few days, the state of California working through his supply chains and partnerships. I didn't want to play the entire four-minute clip of this, so in an effort to be respectful of your time, we'll fast forward a little bit, and here's the other mention of Elon towards the end of uh, the governor's speech. 
reached out to Elon Musk, said the same, says, look, I'm on this, not just for Tesla, but SpaceX. I know other people have been calling him all across the country. He's not just looking, I don't want to speak out of school, uh, on the ventilator side and the parts side, but he's also looking with his remarkable capacity on 3D, 3D printing uh, and other things that he could provide. So you're already seeing this manifest, uh, certainly in the state of California, and I got to imagine uh, that is replicated in other parts of the country. And so uh, I just, I hope folks know that. Uh, and uh, those are just two very specific proof points. Elon taking to Twitter to, to uh, follow up on this a bit later, mentioning that, quote, China had an oversupply, so we bought 1,255 FDA-approved ResMed, Philips, and Medtronic ventilators and airship them to L.A. If you want a free ventilator installed, please let us know. And then New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who I believe I had mentioned on last week's show, reaching out, expressing interest in any ventilators that Tesla is able to produce. Those arrived. Those came through. And the mayor was publicly thanking Elon and the Tesla and SpaceX teams for that. So that is good news. And it was confirmed by Medtronic, one of those ventilator manufacturers that I just mentioned, that they are working with Tesla. Tesla is working with them to manufacture ventilators, which is apparently going to happen at Gigafactory 2 in Buffalo, New York, the where, of course, all the solar activity and uh, battery, or excuse me, just all solar stuff, solar side business, the roof tiles and solar panels happen out there. So that is in progress. And as far as uh, Governor Newsom's comments, the 3D printing bit was new to me. So I, I wanted to pass that along, mention that. I had not heard uh, a mention of 3D printing being involved in the in the aid effort here, which is cool to to hear about. And in in summary, really, of course, it's it's just I'm so glad to see not just Tesla but other companies as well stepping up here to try and lend their expertise, their their manufacturing capability, their engineering uh, resources to to help fight this fight for the greater good here. Now, in related news, Electrek reported this week that Tesla will be doing factory upgrades during this mandated shutdown period here in Fremont. Now, there are probably a lot of projects, both big and small, that Tesla has been wanting to get to somehow, some way. But remember that up until the shutdown this week, the Tesla factory ran 24-7. There were multiple shifts and the, the Tesla factory never stops. It's always moving unless something goes wrong, at which point they'll, they'll stop a line for a little while. That's obviously not a desired outcome. They always try to keep them moving at all times. But yeah, there was really just not a time to shut down a production line in order to make any kind of upgrades, big or small, unless it was meticulously planned out well in advance. So as long as as long as these upgrades can be done in accordance with the California state and Alameda County shutdown mandates, and of course, with worker safety as the number one priority, then hey, I'm all for it. Let's get a little silver lining out of this, if at all possible, and something good can come out of this for Tesla as a company without, obviously, without jeopardizing the, the health or safety of its employees. Now, while we're talking about coronavirus impacted Tesla activities, and I promise I will get to more fun Tesla stories after this one, uh, but a mention here that Panasonic, 
announced that they will be shutting down their operations at Gigafactory 1 in Nevada. This uh, report comes via Tesla Rati, who has a quote from Panasonic company spokesperson Alberto Canal saying employees impacted by the temporary suspension will receive full pay and benefits during the shutdown and offering the quote, Panasonic is committed to safeguarding the health and well-being of every employee. The Panasonic factory in Sparks, Nevada will begin ramping down operations early next week, meaning as you hear this, that's already started to happen, and will then close for 14 days. Employees impacted by the closure will receive full pay and benefits for the 14-day period. In the meantime, Panasonic has enacted several measures to enhance the cleanliness of the facility, encourage social distancing, and enable simple, safe, and effective behaviors. During the 14-day period, the facility will undergo intensive cleaning, end quote. Now, it looked like early on that the Tesla side of things would continue at Gigafactory 1, per the statement from Tesla that I read you last week, and this uh, report that was, quote, according to Story County Sheriff Gerald uh, uh, Antenoro, my goodness, I am so sorry, Sheriff, (laughs) in speaking with the Reno Gazette, Tesla's Nevada battery facility can remain open from his perspective, barring further clarification from the governor, end quote. Well, uh, you might wonder, okay, well, how how or if Tesla's battery production would be impacted by this, but that might be even a moot point because they can't produce any cars. I mean, sure, they could stockpile some batteries, but that also proved moot because by the end of the week when I went to record, Tesla announced that they would ramp down 75% of the staff for this shutdown period at Gigafactory 1 in Sparks, Nevada. So there is the update on both the Fremont side and Gigafactory 1 side. But speaking of Gigafactories, there is good news out of Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai. This comes via Tesmanian, who mentions, quote, Tesla Gigafactory Shanghai's production capacity recovers rapidly, and now the production rate has already exceeded the pre-COVID breakout level uh, of of production, according to Grace Tao, the vice president of Tesla Global, the production capacity of the Giga, Giga Shanghai factory was around 2,000 weekly by the end of 2019. And after resuming work and production after the uh, COVID shutdown that and the the resumption on February 10th, the current production capacity has been increased to more than 3,000 vehicles per week, equal to 12,000 plus monthly. Well, I know that I probably shouldn't be astounded by the incredible, incredible pace of progress that continues to go on at Giga Shanghai, but I've got to be honest, I am. Like, every time I hear about them beating some deadline and getting something done in a crazy fast way, I continue to be astounded by it. It is just amazing to me how quickly everything has happened in Shanghai, everything from construction to production. It's unbelievable. The expansion for Model Y is already well underway. Now, if Gigafactory 4, if Berlin can go anywhere near the speed of Giga Shanghai, then we're going to have that fourth Gigafactory online before we know it. And on a related note, by the way, the latest update on that project All the trees have been cleared and grading of the land 
is underway. So there is progress. There is some progress to report out in Europe on Gigafactory 4. Also from Testmanian this week, they have internal Tesla documents showing that the Model Y will be getting a towing mode complete with key details about it. It's all via their confirmation of trailer mode details from an upcoming software update. So that's where this came from. They've got the screenshots to prove it. And so far, Testmanian's got a pretty good track record with this kind of stuff. So I'm very much inclined to, and they, they mean they posted the screenshots and they look quite legit. So uh, no reason to doubt them at this point. And here is that information. It is that the towing capability will use a seven pin wiring connector which appears to be a relatively standard connection. Towing will be restricted to when you have five or fewer occupants on the 20-inch tires. Now, presumably, the 19-inch Gemini wheels would be fine too. Can't say for sure at this point it was not spelled out in that documentation. And then uh, the big thing that a lot of you have been waiting to hear about, the maximum towing capacity of the Model Y 3,200 pounds or 1,451 kilograms uh, and a maximum tongue weight of 320 pounds there. So this falls between the 2,200 pounds that the Model 3 can do in <laughs> officially only in Europe and the 3,500 pounds that the Model X can do on its 22-inch wheels. Now the X... If you recall from a few shows back when this came up in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, can do 5,000 pounds of towing if it's on its 20-inch tires, which are the smallest ones offered on the X. So it is a pretty significant difference between the maximum towing capacity of each of the two Tesla SUVs. If you if you put them next to each other in, in towing mode, it is substantial. But that said... 3,200 pounds is nothing to sneeze at for the Model Y. Now we just need the official towing package hardware to roll out so that people can start actually using this. Some of the new Model Y owners have already taken off that cover panel on the rear bottom center of the car, and they have found absolutely nothing behind it. There's nothing back there yet. Not, not yet. Odds are, I think, when, when Tesla is ready, they're going to offer it both as a factory option, and leaving existing Model Y owners, I'm sure we'll be able to get that towing kit installed as an aftermarket option at a service center. When will that be? Who knows? Especially now, everything's up in the air. All, all timelines are, are up in the air now, but it almost certainly will happen. That is the good news, which I know that's no surprise. We all expected that, that it would happen. But now at least we have a little bit more clarity on it. Next up this week, Elon Musk commenting on the new heat pump in the Model Y. He says, quote, Model Y's heat pump is some of the best engineering I've seen in a while. The team did next level work. And he added uh, in a clarifying tweet that it's he thinks it's better than the Model 3's Super Bottle, which is sort of a, a secret sauce ingredient in the Model 3's uh, system, saying uh, on, on Twitter, quote, PCB design techniques applied to create a heat exchanger that is physically impossible by normal means. 
The heat pump also has a local heating loop to spool up fast and extend usable temperature range. The Octa valve is pretty special too. The team did great work, no credit to me, end quote. Well, I gotta say, just sitting here as, as a fan and follower of all things Tesla, I love to see the continued foot on the accelerator work of the entire Tesla team from batteries to drivetrain to aerodynamics to vehicle engineering, et cetera, et cetera. It is simply astounding to me, and pardon me, I'm gonna slip into fanboy mode here for a second. I mean, not that that's an unusual thing on this podcast, but it is astounding to me relative to automotive industry norms, how much better Tesla vehicles are getting and how quickly they are doing it. Case in point, compare even a 2015 Model S that's five years ago already. Is it, is it weird? It just, 2015 does not feel like five years ago. Anyway, compare a 2015 Model S to a 2020 Model Y, and in any of those disciplines that I just mentioned, so whether, again, I, I said, uh, I was talking about batteries, drivetrain, aerodynamics, vehicle engineering, pit a 2015S against a 2020Y, and it's not even close. The Y is radically more advanced in just those short five years. And I left out a lot of things like, say, autopilot as a big example. A 2015S had autopilot one on it, which was an excellent system, the mobilized system. But now the Tesla in-house system here in 2020 has absolutely surpassed autopilot one. So that's, that's another sort of high profile example of how quickly Tesla has moved over the past five years. Oh, and by the way, Elon mentioned while on the subject of the heat pump, he says, quote, sure would love to do home HVAC that's quiet and efficient with humidity control and a HEPA filter. One of the listeners, one of the big supporters of this podcast, Rome Strack, replied to Elon on Twitter by saying, quote, so many people with allergies that suffer chronically, you would change their lives truly and Elon replied to Rome, which was great to see. And Elon said, quote, this is a way bigger deal than most people realize. Uh, I'm going to raise my hand as a longtime allergy sufferer. I've been seeing an allergist for, oh, wow, uh, 14 years as of, in fact, right about this, this month, April, I think is my 14-year <laughs> allergist anniversary. And I've been getting immunotherapy, getting those allergy shots ever since. And it Thankfully, it has helped a lot, but I still definitely suffer from allergies, so I can relate to, to Rome's comment there. And we'll see. You know, it, it, he even <laughs> Elon even suggested that, as Elon does when he starts thinking about something, he sort of can't help but think it all the way through. He even suggests that such a device could be used as an air conditioner, musing, quote, could maybe tap the condensation for water, too. Seems odd that HVAC systems make pure, fresh water and just dump it on the ground, end quote. So again, that, that's the first principles problem-solving in action yet again that we are so used to seeing from Elon himself and from the Tesla team. All right, I'm not nearly done with the news yet this week. Plenty to talk about. Speaking of heat on the Model Y... The heat pump isn't the only reason the Model Y should do a bit better in cold weather than the Model 3. Noted Tesla white hat hacker slash tinkerer, 
Green the Only. That's his his or her Twitter handle. I believe it's confirmed that Green the Only is is a him. So I hope I'm not speaking out of school by using using him. Uh, posted quote: This just in: Model Y has a radar heater outlined in the wiring diagrams. I don't know how Green the Only gets the wiring diagrams, but uh, he seems very plugged in. Uh, pardon the phrasing to, to a lot of things behind the scenes with with the Tesla vehicles. To our benefit, thankfully, since, as I mentioned, he's a white hat. But anyway, uh, those of you in cold weather climates are probably, you are, you're hearing, you're hearing uh, heated radar heater. That's Sorry, that's redundant. You're hearing radar heater, and you are probably nodding along in a very satisfied way right now. Kind of like that gif of Jack Nicholson. Uh, on Twitter that's that that's gets used all the time of just him nodding in slow motion. Uh, anyway, this means if you're curious, well wait a second, what what is a radar heater? It's not something unique to Tesla. Other cars have this as well, but it's particularly of importance, I would say, on a Tesla because it is part of the autopilot system, the the, the radar that's that's being heated up front. So the Autopilot radar sensor, it, it lives behind the front fascia. On early Autopilot 1, I guess on all the Autopilot Model S's that came before the fascia up, update, in other words, the classic Model S's with the nose cone, you can actually see it uh, down at the very bottom of the grill, sent dead center of the front of the car, all the way at the bottom, you can see a, a rectangle down there. That's the radar sensor. So that's if you've seen that before, now that gives you a little bit of a frame of reference. That lives now, of course, on SX3 and Y uh, behind the fascia, and you can't see any, you can't see it or any outline of it. It's just secretly hidden back there, and it gets frozen over. There's snow and ice that gets caked on there in really cold weather, which has been known to prevent autopilot from working because that sensor can't do its job. So that heater now will help keep that clear and thus help autopilot be able to maintain functionality even in very cold weather. Now, I'm not sure if the heat pump will make its way to the Model 3, but this, I would think this has a better chance of doing so. Maybe it'll be both because presumably you need a wiring modification to put in the radar heater. So if you're going to do that, well, maybe why not add the heat pump into the system as well on a Model 3? So it could be a, a, a both all or nothing situation here with these two new heat related features on the Y. Or maybe the three will just continue as is and won't get either. But that seems less likely because the Tesla way is to introduce these things, drive the economies of scale uh, on them, and then implement them in the other vehicles while maintaining cost savings and, and uh, high margins. So hopefully we will see both of those come to new build Model 3s in the coming few months. One more Model Y thing this week. The YouTube channel Out of Spec Motoring got their hands on a new Model Y and did a range test. This was with a Model Y performance that has the performance package and thus 
it has the 21-inch Uber turbine wheels. 212-mile run, that's what they did. They were aiming to drain the entire battery, but they weren't able to do it, in part because the Model Y proved to be pleasantly, surprisingly efficient, even more so than they anticipated. Here's a quick clip from the out-of-spec motoring video, Kyle and Brian sharing their results after that 212-mile run. Brian, I am tired of driving 70 yes. miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, so too. I don't think we'll run it all the way down to zero, but we got a great idea of the consumption. So with a small tailwind, tire pressure's at 47-ish. They're a little bit bumped up, um, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. We got 270 watt hour per mile. That, I mean, on 21s, that's crazy. I really thought we were gonna do, at best, 325. Well, that is obviously really, really encouraging. Now, a lot more scientific testing is needed. They did maintain 70 the whole way, but at the very least, they uh, probably should do a round trip on the same roads to negate any wind or elevation changes. But they weren't able to do that here because they had mentioned in the video, the full video, they were on their way to the drag strip to do some, uh, some, some zero to, or sorry, I should say some quarter mile runs. But if 270 watt hours per mile is even remotely close to accurate, again, they claim that they were on flat ground with a super minimal tailwind, which bodes well, then that shows that the performance Model Y with its biggest wheel option has made really impressive efficiency gains over the Performance Model 3 with its biggest wheel option, the 20-inch sports. Since the Y is obviously a bigger and heavier vehicle, I would imagine that we should primarily uh, attribute this improvement to those 21-inch Uber turbine wheels because if you look, I mean, if you look at them, they definitely have an aero-y look to them and a very aerodynamic look to them, uh, certainly in comparison to the 20-inch sport wheels. And I just, I would suspect that that's probably where the bulk of it comes from, is the efficiency of those wheels compared to the 20-inch sport wheels on the Performance uh, 3, Model 3 Plus uh, with the Performance Package. So thank you, Kyle and Brian, for running that test. And if you would like to see that whole video of their trip and of their experience, you should check out the Out of Spec Motoring channel on YouTube. Finally this week, I told you on last week's show about the touchless delivery option that Tesla has quickly rolled out. Tesla posted a blog about it this week offering even more detail that I thought would be worth sharing because I know many of you might want to know this information because you're either taking delivery very soon, maybe here at the end of the quarter, maybe a Model Y, or you may be planning to buy a Tesla in the next few months. So they write in their blog, quote, delivery with Tesla is like no other experience with a variety of options available to you depending on your location. With our large center touchscreen interfaces, you can learn your car's features and functions by watching the video tutorials from the driver's seat or ask a Tesla advisor during delivery for additional information. Your Tesla advisor will schedule one of the following options for you once you're ready to take delivery and will work to accommodate any preferences you have. So here are the options that Tesla lays out. You have express delivery, 
arrive at your scheduled delivery location, and after check-in, be remotely routed to your new car via the Tesla app's location tracking tool. All required documents will be waiting inside the car with highlights indicated where to sign. When you're ready to get on the road, simply pass your documents to the advisor at the exit for review and will mount a temporary tag and license plate. Then you have Tesla Direct Drop. Designed as a completely touchless delivery experience, we will drop your new vehicle at a location of your choosing, typically a home or workplace, without any required interaction. Just complete all required paperwork, let us know where you'd like the car, and we'll drop it off and leave the vehicle for you to unlock via the Tesla app. Locations, and this is uh, just going to give you guys this information since I know I have listeners all over the place. Locations currently offering this include California, Hawaii, Indiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Missouri, Nevada, New Jersey, Ohio, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. And then there are two more options. Tesla Direct. With Tesla Direct, your vehicle is brought directly to you by a Tesla employee at a location of your choice. Once the vehicle has arrived, you will receive a walkthrough of the vehicle, quickly sign your paperwork, and be ready to drive within minutes. If you would prefer not to receive a walkthrough of your vehicle, paperwork can be left in the car for signing and collected by the Tesla employee once completed. Tesla Direct is not yet available in Canada, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, or North Carolina. And then finally, there's Carrier Direct. This option is available for customers who live more than 220 miles from a Tesla location and are eligible for a carrier to bring their vehicle to their delivery address. Well, I have talked many times before about how Tesla is such a nimble, quick company. This coronavirus situation and how it impacts something like vehicle delivery, a new car delivery, and it's a really good example, I think, of Tesla benefiting from being able to move this fast to adapt to a new and Let's be frank, of course, a less than ideal situation for everyone as far as the new car delivery itself goes. So I say good on Tesla for rolling out these new options and that they, they all give customers a safe, social distancing friendly way to take delivery of a new Tesla while still hopefully having a good delivery experience. And that's, you know, those are, those are your two top priorities, right? The health and safety of the Tesla employee and of the customer, and then actually making sure on top of that, that the customer does have a, a good delivery experience. Because that's, you know, it's, I say this all the time when I'm talking about volunteering down at, down at uh, Tesla HQ at the end of a quarter, to help with new new or owner orientations, I say it. You know, it's it's adult Christmas morning, and that's what it is. You're, you're, when you take delivery of a Tesla, it's this for most Tesla customers. It's it's a brand new thing. They've not had an electric car or let alone a Tesla before, so that it's it's a completely new paradigm. And they're you're in my experience, most people are pretty darn excited about it. So having these uh, new options in place for safety, but also to have, you know, to be able to convey information and get everything done that needs to be done. Love it. Good on Tesla. Quick bonus item before I move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Remember when I told you the rumor that I had been, uh, that had been passed to me? I think this was two or three shows back, and it was regarding the first full city full self-driving features 
being rolled out that that I was told uh, by this this tipster it was going to be stopping at stop signs automatically and stopping at stop lights automatically. Well, my tipster was right. It is out there now. These features are out there now in what is at the moment of of the moment of me recording this a very very limited early access format and it is exactly as I described to you uh, back two or three shows back whenever I mentioned it. It will stop for for stoplights, it'll stop for stop signs, and then you have to either press the accelerator to resume or tap the uh, the gear selector stalk and the car will, will resume moving forward. So very, very cool stuff there. Love seeing that. Hopefully the rest of the fleet gets it here. You know, if it's if it's in a limited early access right now, I would say just based on the past a month optimistically that the rest of us will have it two months hopefully not more than that but uh, I guess it, I guess it depends how smooth it goes right because these are significant features in the sense of uh, they carry a large safety burden they have to work they have to work very well before they can be rolled out to the entire fleet or else it could pre- present a a very significant uh, problem for for Tesla and for drivers. So yeah, they've, they've got to be sure on this one. So we'll see, but it, it's, uh, it's close. It's working. It's in some cars now. So love seeing that. All right, stick with me. I'm going to take a short little, what, five second musical interlude. Come back with you in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your calls coming in. We'll talk uh, to anything that you want to talk about is around the corner right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your time to ask your Tesla questions, issue your Tesla comments, bring up your Tesla discussion topics. You can call in anytime, day or night. It's uh, free and easy to do. There's two easy ways. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, and then email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline anytime. The toll-free number there to call or Skype is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. Either way, whichever way you call in, just please uh, respectfully, I ask that you keep your call to 90 seconds or less, a minute and a half or less. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Let me start with Pete in Carmel, who is, uh, well, I'll let Pete explain it. Pete, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Pete Chalet. I know you usually publish positive commentary regarding Tesla, but I have to speak out, unfortunately, this time in a negative way against Elon Musk and his recent tweets about the coronavirus period. It is extremely disappointing to hear his point of view. It's patently wrong. As a physician, I will tell you this is a very, very serious pandemic. We are all at severe risk, and unless people are distancing themselves from one another and taking very 
careful precautions, we're going to be in big trouble, both from a health perspective and economically. He unfortunately continued production at his facility way beyond when he should have. He should have shut it down earlier. He was forced to do so by the authorities in California. Very, very disappointing, Elon. Thank you. Thank you for your call here, Pete, as well as for your perspective as a medical professional on this. Now, I I debated whether or not to air this call, not because of the content of it, but just because of the fact that it's, it's, we're talking kind of Elon specifically here. And I mean, Elon comes up a lot on this show, obviously, but I always try to tie it to Tesla and not, you know, you don't hear me. I don't talk about Elon's dating life or any of these other things that he that he has going on. I try to always ground it in Tesla because that's what I'm interested in. But I think in this case, this is uh, this is obviously a society wide situation. So again, Pete, I do appreciate your perspective and your call on this. And, and I'll be honest with you. I don't disagree with anything you said about Elon here. I, too, have been disappointed by his public comments on the situation. As I've said before, I respect Elon, and, and I would even go so far as to say I admire him. I do. He's, he's accomplished a lot. He gets He's done a lot of amazing things. But I don't always agree with him. I've said I've talked about that on the podcast before. There have been things that come up from time to time. And always agreeing with him, I think, would not be very healthy because— In my eyes, that's just cultism at that point. So I think Elon is an incredibly intelligent person, but I also feel that as someone with a very large influence online, thanks to his 34 million Twitter followers and counting, uh, and, by the way, his more direct influence over the 57,000-plus Tesla employees and their livelihoods, I feel that he has a significant responsibility that comes with that. Now, on a more positive note, since last week's episode, Elon and the Tesla team began to deliver tangible assistance. You heard me talk about some of it at the top of the show, the 250,000 uh, N95 masks, the uh, some went to Seattle, some went to UC, the UCLA Medical Center, the confirmation that Tesla and SpaceX have uh, are, are working on ventilators. They've sourced some, and they're now going to create some. And per a tweet from the president, Tesla, along with GM and Ford, have been, quote, given the go-ahead, which presumably means that the, the uh, ventilators that those three automakers are able to manufacture will be able to go straight to hospitals without any significant amount of bureaucracy or red tape involved. So thank you, Pete. Appreciate that call. Let's go next to Julian in Cologne, uh, who also wants to talk COVID-19 with regard to Tesla. Hi, Ryan. This is Julian from Cologne in Germany. I had an idea how Tesla could put to benefit their fleet to help fight the coronavirus outbreak. Since almost every one of their cars has quite a powerful computer built in, I thought it might make sense to use some of their computing power built in every car to calculate different scientific models and ways we could develop a vaccine and or a medicine against the virus. One million cars would actually go a long way with Tesla's powerful computers. There are programs where people can dedicate a certain part of their personal computing powers to researchers and Tesla could simply hook up to those systems, so to say. Maybe they could make it opt-in or opt-out if you're concerned about additional electricity consumption or need that battery at the moment. 
would be a nice way of helping the cause and also go a long way to remedy Musk's awful remarks concerning the virus itself. Maybe someone at Tesla or some other fellow listeners or even yourself could get that message transported to Elon. What do you think of this idea? Thanks, take care, always wash your hands and stay healthy. I like the idea, Julian, though you'd have to also account for the AT&T bandwidth usage here in the USA, at least. That's uh, the provider that Tesla is partnered with here. Uh, you'd have to account for that bandwidth usage uploading the data back from the cars. Now, you would hope that the various cellular providers, providers pardon me, that Tesla uses around the world would be totally fine with that, provided that it wouldn't put too great a strain on their network. But yeah. This could be cool. The PlayStation 3, to tie it back to my day job, my video game life, the PlayStation 3 did a similar thing back when the PS3 first came out in uh, 2006 with Folding at Home, which was a distributed computing project, according to Wikipedia here, because I had to go double check my memory, a distributed computing project for performing molecular dynamic simulations of protein dynamics. So that was what Folding at Home was. Now, any and all, in my opinion, any and all scientifically based ideas should be on the table at this point in trying to combat this virus. So uh, thank you, Julian, for that. Daniel from Lawndale, California, is up next with impressions of his new Model Y. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ryan. This is Daniel calling from Lawndale, California. First time caller, been listening to your podcast since episode 160. I've only owned a Tesla vicariously through you and your callers over the past year or so. I'm excited to say that I no longer have to live that way since taking delivery of my very first Tesla Model Y on March 20th. I'm super excited to finally get to live the Tesla experience firsthand. I'm also very grateful that I was able to take delivery given the current situation we are all going through. I just wanted to comment on my Tesla purchase experience. After placing my order online, which was on February 1st, the only communications I received directly from Tesla besides the updates on my online account were two text messages. The first text was at the end of February to have me complete my information online. Then the second text was on a Wednesday that my car had arrived at the delivery center and would be ready for pickup that Friday. I only had one day to finalize my financing, which ended up working out just fine. When I arrived at the delivery center in Marina del Rey, they had a pop-up tent set up in the parking lot with associates and respirators and gloves, which was part of their touchless experience. Everyone was very professional and accommodating. The way it worked was they unlocked my Tesla app where I was able to honk the horn to locate the car in the lot. I then got in the car on my own and I had a folder sitting on the passenger seat with the remaining paperwork to sign. Once I completed that, I honked the horn again and an associate came by to take and finalize the paperwork. Shortly after, they answered in any questions that I had, and after an elbow bump, I was on my way. The whole process was efficient and seemed like they were taking social distancing seriously for both them and their customers. Thanks for all you do, Ryan, and keep up the great work. Take care. Thanks so much for your call, Daniel, and congratulations on your Model Y. I am very glad to hear that you felt really good about the delivery process, particularly given the current global situation, and I talked about those delivery options earlier on the podcast. Next, I want to hear about how you're liking the car. What do you like? What do you don't like? What little things annoy you? What little things are cool? Enjoy it. Drive it in good health. Welcome to the Tesla family as an owner, and feel free to call me back sometime this week with your uh, hands-on impressions of the car. I would love to hear from you again. Thanks, Daniel. Casey on the line also just got a Model Y. I'll let him talk about that as well. 
Casey, you're on the air. Ryan, Casey here. Uh, my name is Casey. I have a Tesla Y that got delivered today to me. It's a long-range blue color, 19-inch, uh, sorry, 20-inch wheels. Um, I went through the touchless, I would call it pseudo-touchless process because I was too excited to meet the driver and get the car for myself. Uh, it was pretty smooth, and this car is the best that I could tell in the industry. And um, it has the oomph of the X and the utility of the S, or sorry, the 3. And I think um, I don't mind getting featured on your podcast. Call me if you have any questions. I took the full self-driving capability and I took it for a long drive. Um, this is the third Tesla from Dublin Tesla, Tesla Y, and um, it's pretty awesome. So I love your podcast, and um, and in this trying time, uh, I I feel that I was opportunistic and I, I jumped at this yeah. Tesla Y because I know for sure it's going to be a long time before people start getting Tesla wise and the factory shutting down and all of that. But I'm super excited. I love it. Um, and then looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Casey, congratulations. Now you said the oomph of the X with the agility of the three. I absolutely love that description. You know, from everything I'm hearing so far and reading online from the first wave of owners, it seems like Tesla really has a winner here. Not that I ever doubted it. As I said just in this very episode of the podcast, I am a Tesla fanboy after all. But it just really seems like the Y has seen a lot of little refinements since the unveiling a year ago in all categories. I mean, engineering-wise, it's got the heat pump that I talked about, the, uh, the radar heater up front, those bits from earlier in this podcast. Efficiency-wise... The wheels, as I talked about earlier as well, seem to be a step up uh, in, in that department. And they look nice. They're, they're more efficient and they look super nice. Now, remember, the with regard to the wheels specifically, the prototype at the unveiling had the same 20-inch sport wheels that my Model 3 has. And now the upgrade from then to, to now is the very slick-looking Uber turbines on the, on the production version of the performance Model Y. And a step uh, from that, if you don't get the performance package, there's the 20-inch induction wheels, which also look cool and also look pretty aerodynamic as well. And then the base wheels are the aero-style 19-inch Gemini wheels. So uh, all cool-looking and aerodynamic wheel options on the Y. So just that the wheels specifically, I think, are, are a good way to, to illustrate that, that case of, of all those little improvements that Tesla has done just since the prototype unveiling. But anyway, uh, Tesla really did a great job on this vehicle, and they, they still haven't even really started trying to sell it even without factoring in the the current coronavirus situation. I think this car should do really really well. Honestly, at this point my only concern and yes, if you could you hear the air quotes on that, but honestly, I I really think the only potential hazard of sorts 
is if the Y ends up significantly eating into Model 3 sales, or really, will it eat into them at all? And if so, how much? So thank you, Casey. Congrats again. Enjoy that Model Y. Ken from Washington is up next, responding to fellow Washingtonian Tyler from Ording about uh, where and how to take delivery within the state. This is uh, pretty informative here. Check this out. Ken, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Ken from Snohomish, Washington. Uh, Thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm calling about to kind of answer a question from Tyler from Orting, Washington. He called in a couple weeks ago. uh, I think it was show number 241. Um, He asked about delivery. Does it get delivered to you or do you pick it up at a showroom? So one of the unique things uh, here in Washington, I'm sure it is in many other states, is uh, sales tax changes depending on uh, what city you're in or what county you're in. Um, I happen to live in uh, unincorporated non-transit area. So at my home address, the sales tax is 7.7%, where my local Tesla store is in Renton, Washington, where it's over 10% sales tax. So by having them delivered to my house, I was able to save that two and a half percent or so sales tax, which uh, on my Model X performance um, was a significant savings. So I hope this helps. I hope that helps other people to think about their delivery. Have a good day. Bye. Ken, I honestly did not know that. So thank you very much for your call. I think this is excellent stuff to bear in mind. And for people, particularly those in states like Washington, where these sales tax variations are uh, the sales tax varies, I should say, by city or by county where these variations exist. Bear that in mind when gearing up to take delivery of any car, be it a Tesla or anything else. Good stuff. Ken, appreciate that. Howard from Maryland uh, is up next, responding to the caller who wanted to do the European Cybertruck road trip. Go ahead, Howard. Ryan, it's Howard from Maryland. Calling in response to Cameron's idea of a cyber road trip through Europe, it really does sound like a lot of fun. It would definitely be more practical with a nice Peugeot E208. I lived in Europe for a number of years. The streets are way too narrow for some of the European-built mid-sized sedans. The Cybertruck would not make it down most of the streets found in European towns. There's a reason why hot hatchbacks were created in Europe and not here in America. As a frame of reference, you can watch some old episodes of Top Gear European Road Trips to get an idea of how difficult it would be to get around Europe in a Cybertruck. That being said, there is an alternative road trip that involves the names of European cities. My friends and I call it the European Tour of North America. For example, you can visit exotic locations like Marseille, Illinois, Versailles, Kentucky, or Berlin, Wisconsin. If Cameron is interested in this alternative European road trip, you can find an extensive list of locations on Wikipedia. All you have to search for is list of U.S. places named after non-U.S. places. It might be worth starting the road trip planning now. It would be a nice distraction from all of the COVID-19 news. Have a great day. Well, Howard, I'm sorry I couldn't be more of a distraction from coronavirus this week. The fact that the virus has come up on this podcast in a few different ways. It's like I said last week, my goal would be to to not talk about it. Uh, I felt like this week it had to be addressed, had to be discussed due to what's going on in the world of Tesla. I'll take it week by week and maybe uh, before too long, I can get back to just talking pure Tesla stuff without having virus issues uh, to to have to navigate there. But in any case, 
I like your call, Howard. Now, with all due respect to those U.S. towns and cities that share the names of European counterparts, I would imagine that the scenery might not stack up to the European originals, but hey, it's a constructive suggestion nevertheless, and hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for backing up my limited personal experience with regard to European roads with some of your more comprehensive personal data on that. So all the best to you, Howard. Let me go now to Matthew from Dallas, the penultimate caller for this week, and uh, wants to talk about a particular feature moving from one car to the next Matthew, go ahead. Hi, Brian. This is Matthew from Dallas. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I trade my 2016 Model X for a 2020 long-range Model X. During that process, I lost my lifetime premium connectivity. I think when someone trade a, a Tesla for a newer Tesla, they should keep all the promotion. This is only my suggestion. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Well, Matthew, this is a tough one, you know? I mean, Tesla is a business that needs to make money and survive, and at the end of the day, it's going to make sense that the lifetime premium connectivity would would stick with the car, the life of the car, not the owner. But that said, you're a loyal customer, you're moving up. It would be nice, I think, if Tesla could meet you halfway somewhere, give you something. In fact, maybe the actual meeting in the middle on that from from premium lifetime premium connectivity to to just a year maybe they give you an extra year if you're an existing tesla owner that's trading in and moving to a new tesla so you get 2 years of free premium connectivity something like that i feel like there's probably a reasonable solution there somewhere but at the same point i'd say i also think it's reasonable for tesla to have that that uh, free lifetime connectivity follow the car and not the owner because, uh, you know, like I said, otherwise, <laughs> no repeat, any repeat customers, Tesla's going to effectively start losing money on in a sense. But like, hopefully there's a, there's a middle ground solution there. Thank you very much, Matthew. And finally this week, let's stay in Texas and talk to Stephen in Houston who has a Model Y on order and has a question about that. See if I can help. Steven. Hey, Ryan. This is Steven from Houston, Texas. Love the show. Uh, I have a Tesla Model Y on order, but I have not received it yet. Of course, this is my first Tesla, so I'm super excited. One question I had, I know the Tesla does not come with a, a spare tire, but I was wondering, do you know, does a spare tire or maybe even a donut fit in either the front or in the like secondary trunk area underneath kind of the main trunk? Um, I was just kind of wondering if anybody knew that or had tried that or any other cool ideas as to how to solve that rather than just uh, roadside assistance. Anyways, um, keep doing what you're doing. Hope everybody stays safe. Thanks. Hi, Stephen. And let me offer my pre-congratulations on joining the Tesla family as an owner. I hope you get your Model Y soon. Now, to answer your question, I have to be honest, I don't know for sure. However... With the Y specifically, what's working in your favor is the fact that the secondary trunk that you mentioned is deeper than it is on the three. The frunk is two, actually, but I still don't think, certainly based on the Model 3 frunk, uh, that the that a, that a spare or even a donut is going to fit in the Y's frunk. But that said, 
I think you might be able to hide a donut spare in that secondary trunk in the Y. I think there's a there you have a good shot at it. Maybe one of the new Model Y owners we just heard from could uh, could well. Maybe, I don't know if they have a donut to check, maybe from another car. That would be the ultimate way to do it. But in any case, uh, I am confident, though, that a full proper extra wheel, no way. Not going to fit in the frunk or the the deep well, the hidden well of the you know that secondary trunk. But we'll see. So uh, on, the, on the donut, that is. Hope that helps. Thanks for calling in. Thanks to everybody who called in. Again, I know everything's strange right now. You've got... Uh, a lot more to deal with while while uh, quarantining and, and sheltering in place at home and totally get that calling into a Tesla podcast is maybe not tops on your to-do list. But if you do get the time and the inkling, the interest, drop me a line anytime. I gave you the call-in info at the top of the segment. It's also found in the show notes every week if you need it there. So stick with me. I'm going to come right back and talk about what I've been up to with my car, as well as, uh, actually, not a new segment per se, but just in the spirit of the shelter-in-place of the of the stay-at-home, the quarantine situation. I had a good suggestion from a listener, so uh, we'll do that right after this. Well, my car hasn't moved all week out of the garage, and that is in large part due to uh, my wife does not want me doing any of our shopping, doing, you know, she wants me minimizing my risk because as I think I mentioned to you last week, I've got asthma. I've had it since I was a kid. I'm lucky that it's relatively minor. It really only kicks in when I get sick, but coronavirus attacks the lungs, and uh, that means I have an underlying condition. I could be at greater risk to uh, really being messed up and by this thing. So she's not letting me <laughs> even go to the store, which is fine. Um, but it means very little driving for me to do. So last weekend, after the first week of shelter in place, I had to go out. So I just, I just, I charged the car up to about 97, 98%. And I just took it out to my favorite, quiet, empty, safe parking lot that's also totally flat and I let it rip. <laughs> I did some, I brought the draggy out, you know, my little uh, GPS measuring tool that, that connects, uh, it works via an app on your phone and the, the, the GPS dongle. And uh, yeah, just let it rip, was getting some measurements to see, see what I could get. And pretty good, my best run Zero to 60 in 3.10 seconds with the one foot rollout, which is how Tesla measures. And I'll tell you this, I think I could have even done a little bit better if it had been slightly warmer outside. It was a upper 50s. And if the battery had been slightly warmer and if I had uh, taken a little bit of air out of the tires, because just a few days prior, I had actually pumped the tires up They'd gotten a little low, you know, cooler. You got to keep an eye on your air pressures. I'd put them back up to 45, which is uh, where a lot of uh, P3D owners, people with the 20-inch wheels on the three, keep them up. Uh, it, the, the book says, you know, the, the door jam sticker says 42, but 45, people seem to, you know, you're going to be a touch better on the tire wear 
and uh, maybe a little a little more resistance on potholes as well. So I just put them up. So if I took them down a little bit, they might have done a little better along with the the you know ambient temperature and the battery temperature. So still though, three point one zero seconds. Good stuff, man. I love this car. It is so much fun. It is just a blast. Now the thing I alluded to there right before the the little musical interlude. Stefan uh, Stefan from Monterey had suggested that since I work in video games and we're all sheltering in place, uh, locked down now, uh, he thought, well, maybe it would be fun, Ryan, if you if you gave a video game recommendation, something that you could play uh, while maybe you've you've got some time at home uh, that that could even be family friendly. So uh, if this is a total waste of time for you, I apologize. I'll make it quick, but. I wanted to just maybe I, maybe I'll just do one of these real quick right here every week, thirty seconds. So if you don't care, it just moves on by rather quickly, or you can hit the fast forward button. But my first recommendation, if you have a Nintendo Switch, Luigi's Mansion Three. I reviewed this game last fall when it came out. I love it. It is fantastic. The it's genuinely funny. Uh, it's it's very. Very beautiful as a the art style is great the the lighting and the the use of colors wonderful and it's not scary at all I wouldn't say that at all but it's it's also got a really great two player co op mode for right there on the couch it's not an online connection thing Nintendo's always almost always local co op and uh, the second player the long story short is the the co op mechanic the cooperative mechanic is very friendly for younger players. Like if you're playing it with a, a, a younger son or daughter, you know, maybe they're, they're five, six, seven, something like that. Uh, because basically the, the player one that's playing as Luigi is, can kind of force the action. Like if you, if you go to the next room, it'll automatically bring the second player, the co-op player with you. You don't have to wait for that that other person to, to physically walk with you. So Luigi's Mansion 3, great stuff if you are looking for a video game recommendation that's family-friendly while you are while you are sheltering in place and, and or locked down at home. So anyway, there's that. Now your pro tip of the week, Lars from Norway, Model S owner who just figured out something super cool about his car. Go ahead, Lars. Hi, Ryan. This is Lars from Norway. I've been listening since uh, episode 200, like many other people, it seems. Uh, I wanted to share a uh, pro tip uh, that uh, I recently discovered. I have a Model S uh, with a powered liftgate, and I just recently found out that I can uh, adjust the opening height uh, to avoid hitting uh, the ceiling in my garage. Um, and the way to do that is to uh, open the lift gate, uh, then manually lower or raise it to the desired opening height, and then press and hold the button on the underside of the lift gate for two seconds until you hear a confirmation chime. Uh, that did it for me. Uh, I can now open my lift gate with uh, the, the button. Uh, without risking it hitting the ceiling in my garage. thought that was really useful. Uh, keep up the great work, love the podcast, and uh, look forward to the next episode. Lars out. Lars, thank you very much. This definitely counts as one of those little things that you might think everybody knows, but maybe it turns out that it's not as nearly as common knowledge as you think. So 
For those that don't know this already, it is an extremely useful tip in many garages or parking structures. So thank you very much for this, Lars. Appreciate that call. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, and I would certainly love to hear from the new Model Y owners out there to pass along pro tips to all the soon-to-be Model Y owners, but regardless of which Tesla you've got, I'd love to hear from you. If you've got something interesting that you've discovered, something useful, maybe something that's not super obvious, call in with it. Same way that you call in with the regular Ride the Lightning hotline. All right, time to hit the road. Uh, sadly, I wish it were literally at this point. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to take the car out for a drive again this weekend just to just to, you know, don't stop anywhere, just go out, drive, come back. I got to get that car out on the road. Anyway, abstractocean.com. In addition to the RTL podcast checkout code that gets first-time customers 15% off of your first order, there's also a 17% off sale for all vinyl. So those are the, the center console wraps that I, that I t t uh, typically mention every week with Abstract Ocean, because again, I, I don't know about you, I am not a fan of the glossy piano black finish that the 3 and the Y have for a center console. It's just way too prone to fingerprints, way too prone to scratches. I put a satin wrap on mine, and uh, you can get a number of different finishes on there just you know wraps that you could that, again you could easily remove it so you could you put it on there if you don't like it get rid of it but those are on sale use the code clover c-l-o-v-e-r little saint patrick's day theme there so coupon code clover at checkout abstractocean.com so again the the vinyl stuff the lighting kits the tempered glass screen protectors all that and more at abstractocean.com Meanwhile, grab your dash cam, uh, your sentry mode dash cam kit, one-stop shop, puretesla.com slash RTL, $49 for the 128 gig kit. That's what I'm using. $69 if you'd prefer to go 256 gigs, comes fully formatted, out of the box, ready to go, compatible with Mac or PC. They ship anywhere worldwide. If you're in the US, they ship for free. So nice, easy solution. They use a micro SD uh, with a USB adapter so that it does plug in. But micro USDs, excuse me, micro SD is great because it is designed for the just constant reading and writing that the dash cam does. Whereas USB, as I have personally experienced, will just give out. Will will can only take so much reading, constant reading and writing, uh, and the heat that that generates. So grab a new uh, dash cam kit from puretesla.com slash RTL. And then speaking of sales, Jada continuing uh, their sale, you've got the wireless charging pad for Model 3. The Y has it built in, but the, uh, the, the Y doesn't have the USB hub built in, and Jada has just launched their uh, USB hub for the Model Y. So it's got six ports, four USB-A ports, two USB-C ports, all of which are equipped for power and data usage. So that's a, a good first accessory to grab if you are a Model Y owner, because it also includes, you know, speaking of the, the dash cam sentry mode kit, again, the, the USB hub that Jada's got has that cool magnetic dummy door uh, flush on the back of it 
to that that hides. It's a great place to hide your your uh, dash cam USB stick. So you can check that out. And you've got the ten dollars off the USB hub using the code Jada Hub, all one word. Twenty dollars off the Jada Wireless charging pad for Model Three. If you want to grab one of those, the coupon code there is Jada Pad. Or if you want to get both, you get an even bigger discount, $40 off of both the coupon code Jada Bundle, all one word. And to get all of that stuff, I humbly, politely ask that you do all that via my referral link, which is this. So just type in getjada.com, that's J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And then from there, just buy whatever you want. Use the coupon codes that you want to use and and uh, enjoy. Uh, I think that's about it. Other than mentioning, of course, Immaculate Reflections. He's got uh, Jeff's got availability now, and he's he's also got a touchless drop off pickup experience, the similar in a similar way that Tesla does. And as I you know half jokingly but not mentioned <laughs> from from him a couple weeks ago, he is a is a a, a gentleman that. In his line of work, he washes his hands many, many times a day. It's very, it's a very clean environment, but it has to be in order to do high quality detailing work. So, uh, if you know your car, if your car's sitting in the garage right now, like mine is, and you've been thinking, well, maybe now's a good time to maybe you want to do the paint correction, maybe you want to get paint protection film. Look up Immaculate Reflections. If you're in the Bay Area or can be in the Bay Area, can get your car to the Bay Area, I promise you Jeff will do work that will make you very, very happy. The guy is a, an amazing craftsman, uh, truly just a, a, a consummate professional and a wonderful human being. You can get in touch with him and see you know, everything you need about his about him on his website, which is irdetailing.com. He's offering discounts for listeners of this podcast as well. So inquire with him about that. And I think that's about it. Other than a, uh, a humble mention of my Patreon, if, uh, if you enjoy what I do here week in and week out and you see fit to support me, I would sincerely appreciate it. I would, I would just love if you'd even take a look, kind of see what I've got going on in the support options department uh, I've got a Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And yeah, you know, I work real hard on this. It's a, it's a, it's a passion project, but it sure does take a lot of time and energy. And you know, if you feel like supporting it, I would be very humbled and appreciative of that. Finally, if you're not already subscribing to the podcast, you can do so totally free. It just means that the podcast will notify you when a new episode is out rather than you having to remember to go check. So subscribe on any of your favorite podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which remember that's in your Tesla is TuneIn. I'm on Spotify. I'm also on YouTube, just audio, and there's no video there, but uh, if you do prefer to listen that way, you can do so on YouTube. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla. You'll find my channel, and you can easily subscribe to it right there. And that will about do it other than saying a very, very sincere thank you to the Patreon producers. These are the folks at the producer tier. They are uh, extremely supportive of the podcast to which I am sincerely grateful. 
So I want to say thank you to Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Bakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, Lisa Kaz, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Ish, and Ramey from teslaprotips.com. Thank you all so very much. And for a uh, very sleepy, <laughs> she's been out for a while, for a passed out puppy, Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. Uh, detail your car, wash it. Do, do uh, any projects that you've been wanting to do with it. Maybe you want to do that, that center console wrap. Maybe you want to, uh, who knows? There's, there's plenty of stuff. You want to vacuum it out. You've been meaning to do that. Maybe wipe down your seats. You got, you got opportunity while we're, while we're staying at home. But seriously, stay healthy, stay safe. Uh, I really appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to listen to me talk about everything in the world of Tesla for about an hour or so each week. So thank you all. Happy electric motoring when you're able to, to get out there these days. But we'll get through this. We'll, uh, you know, the, the staying home now is, uh, is better for all of us both now and later. So, you know, the cars will be there. We're very lucky. We're, we're all so lucky that we, that we have these cars, these wonderful Teslas. They'll be there for us. They're, uh, they're just, they're just going to sit quietly, happily waiting. My car took a software update today. It hasn't moved in a week. And today it was like, Hey, how about a software update? And I said, sure. Spirit of adventure. That'd be great. Why not? <laughs> it's just a minor bug fix, though. Nothing. It's a point one update. Nothing big in this one. But in any case, uh, all the best to all of you, and I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.